0: Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Nasta Prieshu Abhiyeshu Ncham Bhagavate Sevaya Bhagavachutamaslo Kei Bhaktir Bhavati Naisti majanātramanandasya Majanatramananda Janajana Salakaya Chakshon Melitanyena Tasmai Shri Guru Venamaha so, good evening. Good, evening. good evening. Another evening when we will discuss pastimes from Srimad uh, Bhagavatam. Uh, this evening we will discuss uh, the uh, Leela of Agasura. Well, I guess it was a Leela of Krishna and the Sakas. I don't know mm-hmm. Agasura didn't really uh enjoy it much until the very end, so as so we explained a little last uh last time in speaking of Krishna's uh prakat his manifest pastimes uh, and specifically when he comes himself, of course there's unlimited expansions of the Supreme Lord who are constantly uh, looking out for the well-being of uh, the various parts and parcels uh, the jivatmas uh, within the material realm Uh, so the Lord not only gives them facility through his Purusha avatars his manifestations is expansions uh, that provide facility for us uh, living entities, Tathasta, uh, Sashakti, where we can, we can go either way, but somehow or other, uh, for the Lord's pleasure, we've, we're situated in his external potency. And uh, he's provided us with uh, quite an amazing playground and quite a variety of different uh, uh, rides that we can take. Uh, uh, 8,400,000 different species of, uh, of bodies we can ride through from beginning to end. And uh, then we, according to the value of our t- ticket, we can take the, another ride. Either going up or down. So uh, his Lila avatars array, I mean his his Purusha avatars, uh, provide all this facility. Uh, they they create the material universe from uh, Karandaksha Vishnu, uh, Garbo Daksha Vishnu entering into those universes that have come from Karna Dakshai Vishnu's breathing or pores from his uh, glancing over his external potency uh, bringing it to life and then entering it again into all those different spheres of activity Uh, and in that entering Manifesting again as the sum of all the various jivas and uh, accompanying them. Uh, So, Kshira Daksha, Vishnu is there uh, with every individual living entity. Caring for their needs and uh, fulfilling their desires uh, according to their capacity their qualification and then he's coming uh, in various manifestations of t- uh, according to time so the universe has runs a course uh, from beginning to end it has a beginning a middle and end uh, manifest under the Lord's potency of time fact he he says he has that time himself I am time so uh, the manifestation is there and then time is there this time is broken down and according to those different times of man uh, just the seasons of the year there's different times of man where he's uh, uh, tuned in uh, when he's uh pretty well attuned with uh, uh, his transcendent nature more than other times. Uh, so we refer to this as Satya Yuga. So in Satya Yuga, we're pretty tuned in, uh, have pretty fine intelligence, uh, well situated, mostly in the mode of uh, goodness Able to meditate, think deeply about things for a considerable amount of time, uh, seeing ourselves in proper perspective, and uh, then time marches on, and our ability to think and and uh, can conceive of things clearly becomes a little clouded, and uh, yuka comes in. Mm-hmm. and It's a little. Duration of life is shortened a bit, and uh, Dwarpa Yuga comes, Kali Yuga comes, and then the ripe time of Satcha Yuga comes again. So the cycle goes on. It seems endlessly for an entire birth of Brahma, which is inconceivable to us from our perspective. We can't conceive of a lifetime of Brahma. Uh, It sounds fantastic, you know, phantasmagorical. It's like, who, how, how is this possible to reside in one body? But uh, his body is not as gross as ours, so uh, he has some distinct advantages uh, that allow for such a duration such a a term of uh, service and he's also he's Krishna's devotee so there's a lot of difference there in that but Krishna comes in all these different times we call those yuga avatars in every yuga he's coming and, and displaying his pastime and Brahma as I said has an extremely long life and his one day what to speak of his life his one day is is inconceivable time wise such a long time in one day uh, one thousand cycles of the four yugas in one day in that one day Krishna comes himself once in that day, about midday, he appears, and he uh well he more than just appears krishna's uh well Krishna's Krishna, so when he comes he doesn't come alone and uh he brings all his well we have what we call creature comforts because we're creatures of this world we can't really refer to Krishna bringing everything he likes they're his leela comforts there's the comfort of the love of his devotees which he cannot be separated from he can't live without it so therefore he brings them all with him when he comes they come when he manifests they manifest And the pastimes, the Prakat pastimes um, that are displayed within the material world, once in a day of Brahma, are have some distinct features um, that are not there in Krishna's internal well spiritual Apricot unmanifest pastimes. When He manifests His pastimes in this realm, uh, the devotees are able to see an apparent aging of the Supreme Lord up to adolescence. So He takes birth; He appears to take birth, and He grows, and He exchanges, uh, you know, amazing childhood pastimes and uh, those in Vatsalia Ross are, are, are won over by those childhood pastimes completely their love is completely nourished in being the shelter of such a child and caring for him in so, so many intimate ways and seeing him grow and try to stand up and try to bring the shoes or the plank and dance when they ask him to dance for a little sweetmeat so uh, and then he appears to go through uh, through his uh, youthful age and at that time um, he becomes very very dear to his associates, his young friends so this is the time of Sakya Ras, predominantly during this period of the Prakat pastimes so the cowherd boys are there, and they're growing up with him and then uh, some maturing is going on and Krishna comes of age becomes a, a, a youth uh, from youth he goes into the uh, to a period where he can associate with young girls and then the Madhurya Ras begins to manifest Krishna associates uh, those devotees that are in that uh, kind of a relationship Uh, their love flourishes during this period and then Krishna goes away from Vraj and they all all of them go into a complete a complete period of... of well, madness. They are madly separated from Krishna and in their madness they are experiencing his presence more than when he was there with them. It's a very inconceivable uh, period of time. So we're looking at the youthful, uh pastimes uh is uh finally beyond crawling and uh he's uh he's been given a job to do now he's a young boy it's time to time to learn the tools of the the uh, trade of the family and uh the tools of the trade and so he's been given the little the calves to take care of so in the eleventh chapter of the tenth canto. Uh, the beginning of this age uh, was discussed and uh, the period of, of Krishna first being being assigned uh, that duty and associating with his young friends and and uh, taking care of the calves and now some time has passed and in that time there was there was some interesting things going on uh, Couple uh, demons reared their ugly heads, and uh, Krishna dispatched them in a uh, in an amazing manner. Um, so, who did we have? We had uh, Bakasura and Vatsasura. Vatsasura, pretending to be a calf, uh, Krishna immediately knew what was going on and I think what's interesting and I think we need to remember this is just as Krishna's associates during these periods of his uh, Prakat leela, those, those Vrajabhasis just as they do not they're not quite sure but for the most part, they're convinced this is just an ordinary child. Well, he's extraordinary, he's quite, quite amazing actually. He's wonderful, he's beautiful, he's so charming, so sweet. Well, sweetness kind of permeates his character. Everything about him is so sweet that I can't get enough of that, that sweetness. So, here's Bhagavan, who has everything. All strength, wealth, uh, beauty, knowledge, renunciation, maga, maga, having all these opulences in complete fullness. Wealth, strength, fame, beauty, knowledge, renunciation, incompleteness. But that isn't what is attractive to those residents of Raj. So Krishna is not manifesting that. He's manifesting a form which is so charming and sweet that you can't take your eyes off of it for a moment. If he if he hides behind something, oh, is he gonna ever come back ever? It's like millions of years and he just went around the corner. <laughs> hid behind the couch uh, and the pastimes not only is his form Rupa Maduria, but but his Lila the way he plays the way he displays himself that Lila Madhurya is so sweet everything he does is sweetness so he's gorgeously sweet His form is sweet beyond imagination. And every single thing, every move he makes. No, I'm not going to sing it. (laughs) No, okay. (laughs) And it's not going to (laughs) happen. But every move he makes, every move, everything, everyone he engages with, every leela that he does whether it's picking up a pair of shoes or clapping his hands or taking lunch or grabbing onto the tail of a calf and being drugged around it's all super sweet and the love that he expresses with the devotees what they feel for him and what he feels for them that praying is again sweet beyond imagination they cannot they're so in love with Krishna they can't get him out of their mind at any time that's the mentality of the Vrajabhasas they cannot get they couldn't take Krishna out of their mind if they wanted to And even when he grows a little older and he has loving affairs with the young girls, they want to forget him. I've had enough. This is enough of this. This guy is nothing but a trickster, a cheater. He's a debauchee. He goes out with all the girls and he says he just loves me. So they cannot get him out of them. Even those lovers that are in a very, very, they're angry. They can't even get rid of him. He won't leave their minds for a moment. And on top of that, as he grows old, he gets a flute and he becomes so expert at this instrument that the sweetness of that instrument has every entity in that environment completely enchanted so much so that that's all they hanker for when is Krishna when am I going to hear the sound of that flute indicating what Krishna is doing at this moment it's so enchanting that the rocks melt and the streams, the rivers stop and become solid So those, those powerful, that powerful personality with all the strength, all the wealth, all the beauty, knowledge, renunciation, all that recedes to the background. All those opulences and all they have is the sweetness of this loving exchange with the sweetest personality they could imagine. And it's just wonderful beyond imagination, and this is, can't be God. God. God is something else, Narayan, oh yes. This young boy, we've heard he's special, and he's like Narayan, and the astrologer said he could do a lot of, you know. Everybody's going to, he's got a lot of power, and my, that's amazing. And yeah, we've seen some pretty amazing things, wonderful things, unbelievable things happen uh, when he's around. But we cannot determine what is, uh, you know, uh, what is the source of this amazement. It, it's like he's super blessed but he's not God couldn't be God maybe he's God, no no. yes, no they don't know but remember, he doesn't know it he doesn't know it his Leela Shakti has taken that discrimination away now that's going to come up in this evening's pastime if we ever get to the past. <laughs> So Krishna is now out of an age when he's out he's out and about and he's taking care of his calves. So one morning he awakes early uh, uh, with a special desire to, uh, to have a real a real close intimate day with his boyfriends. And uh, so much so that he's like we're going to have breakfast we're not going to stay home and have breakfast with the parents we're going out for breakfast so he gets up early and he blows his bugle buffalo horn and he's cow horn calling all his friends okay we're taking off early and uh today I'm in charge cause Balaram's not going to be here so he uh he calls all his boyfriends early, and they go out for a uh, picnic breakfast. And Balaram's not there, and uh, you can imagine, you know, all the all the cowherd boys. And in the Bhagavatam, it points out just uncountable amount of cowherd boys, uh, hundreds upon thousands and tens of thousands. And then we talk about the calves. Uncountable that amount of calves. So much so that the mundane mind would say this is this doesn't work. The scripture is saying here that Krishna had one followed by seventeen zeros, calves in his personal his personal little herd that was just christians herd 1 and 17 zeros 1234 okay count it i mean i don't think we have a name for that yet okay we have billions trillions quadrillions gazillions superzillions but we haven't got this number so we're talking about how is this going to fit in an area? Just these calves? How could they possibly fit in an area of 32 square miles? The writes in his commentary to these opening verses of the 12th chapter. He says, "You cannot. You cannot look at at uh, Galoka." With that kind of a material mindset, it will not work because it doesn't apply because billions of universes are residing there in Krishna, uncountable universes, each of those universes, and there's billions of them reside in just a small corner of that area, and every one of those universes is, what is it, 50 million miles in diameter. This is Krishna's achintya shakti. It's an inconceivable shakti. So we should just leave it at that and leave our mind at the door. Because we're not going to be able to wrap our mind around Krishna's unlimited potencies so when we read in shastra these statements they they are inconceivable but they're not mythology it's important for us to see that in that way that this is the revelations the realizations of the great sages when it comes to the spiritual potency of that supreme person and the nature of that spiritual energy it is inconceivable to the mundane mind so you, as you can imagine I mean the love and Vraj and, and all these young cowherd boys are decorated beautifully by their parents every piece of jewelry is perfectly set and they're covered Sandalwood pastes on their bodies, their ankle bells, they're, you know, they're just, they're gorgeous. They're dressed perfectly. Of course, as soon as they get out the door and into the forest, they decide, well, I think we could do a little better. <laughs> so, that's brought out in this pastime in the beginning of the twelfth canto. The young cowherd boys, also, uh, also did some of their own dressing once they got in the forest. So they also put more berries on, and minerals, and and, uh, and and their own flower garlands, which were much better than the ones their parents made for them. Um, and they also had a pastime of stealing the weaker cowherd boys' lunch bags. Now, normally, for somebody like you and me, eh, somebody takes your lunch bag, it's like, yeah, well, what was it? There was an apple and, you know, a sandwich. <laughs> you know, maybe there was a little cup of pudding in there. But come on, can you imagine these cowherd boys, what their parents cooked for them? What was in their kachoris and ladus and their favorite sweetmeats, their favorite every I mean when we read the Chaitanya Charitamrita just when we read all the different preparations we can't even conceive of them and those were when that was the that was the foodstuffs that the devotees ate who were what? they were they were acting like sadhakas Sadika Siddhas, perfect devotees what about the coward boys? They were living in a transcendental realm. They had all that. And more, I'm sure. So when your lunch bag was stolen, wait, those are my kachoris. Mm-hmm. What am I going to eat? I have to have my samosas, my mom's samosas. I can't have a lunch without those samosas. Not only that, Vishnu, Vishwanath points out in his commentary. Not only would they take them and throw them from one boy to the other, as soon as the boy would get close, he'd throw it to the other boy in the bigger They would hide those lunch bags in thorn bushes, <laughs> surrounded by red ants. <laughs> they even had thorn bushes and red ants according to the commentary of Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur which I will accept uh, yes also these are, these are in the manifest Prakat Lila uh, so there may be some semblance of the material background there because the demons don't go to the apricot pastimes finally when the boys are just No lunch for me, and crying pitifully. Then, all right, you take your lunch back. So they had this pastime. They're dressing themselves up, they're stealing each other's lunches, making each other cry. But they're also playing. They're playing and they're imitating all the animals that are there, all of them. they imitate the bumblebees and the sound of the bumblebees. They imitate the cuckoo. The flying birds. They fly under the water they run under the birds and move their arms in the shadows of the birds. And the swans. They sit amongst the ducks and they make the sounds of the ducks and the swans. And they they make the sounds into the into the uh, mountainsides and they hear the echoes and the echoes don't come back perfectly and they get very upset and they curse they curse the echo what you're not uh, doing a very good job here and then the rest of the sound comes and then they clap their hands and they're very joyful ah just see the, the monkeys they're grabbing the tails of the monkeys they're acting like the monkeys they're 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 jumping around on the branches like the monkeys and the frogs playing with their reflections in the water. These are young boys. They're just mesmerized. So, the Bhagavatam at this point, Sukadev Goswami makes mention to Maharaj Pariksit there is no, we cannot conceive of the piety that the living entity these particular souls must have performed to attain the association of the supreme lord and enter into his pastimes in this way so he has one comment to that effect in a verse the piety the punya is inconceivable the commentaries say, no, it's impossible. Actually, what Sukadev means here is there is no amount of piety that one could ever perform to enter into this. Look carefully at the way he, said, he worded this, what he was speaking to Maharaj Parikshit. Read between the lines. What it means is no one can do anything to attain this kind of a benediction. It's not available. You could do yoga for hundreds of billions of years and never get enough pious credit to enter into these pastimes. No material amount of piety can ever give you this deep of a love that will pull you in to this Vraj Bhakti. Vishwanath says in the Purport Yogis attain the perfection of controlling the mind they will still be unable to taste even a particle of dust of the lotus feet of the supreme personality of Godhead We in this world we look at the yogis and my gosh what they do I mean they don't eat they don't sleep some of them don't breathe some of them are buried alive for who knows how long, just to prove how powerful they are, and mm, they come out alive for the most part. Uh, if they got it right. Kali Yuga, sometimes they get carried away for name and fame, and then things may go a little wrong. But the point being made, this is an exceptional thing, what we're seeing here. These manifest pastimes, just simply hearing about these is so beneficial Vishwanath also goes on to say no amount of sadhana can allow entrance into these pastimes that'll be subject for another class but leave it to me it's sadhana when he's speaking of sadhana he's speaking of that sadhana where we still have a sense of accomplishing something and getting a result not that sadhana where we've actually become to the platform that's Rupa Goswami has said this is pure devotional service so as long as there is some tinge of I'm the doer that means there's still some little tinge of ego associated with material energy well along comes a demon and he just can't take it these people are having way too much fun I've never had any joy in my whole life and they're they're at the height of just they're like wow, this is I can't understand this is impossible I can't stand that they're having this much joy I just cannot tolerate it well that brings us to a glimpse of what Bhakti Vinod sees in the slaying of Agasura And if time allows, we'll get to that this evening. So he just can't take it. He's so envious, so uh, jealous of the joy of these young boys. And he's also a little upset. The leader of these boys, this Krishna, he killed... my younger brother and my younger sister Putana and Bakasura he killed both of them so I'm going to take his joy away so he immediately manifests this huge form of a python eight miles long and he lays down and he opens his mouth and his mouth extends out to to look into it it seemed like a highway his upper lip was touching the sky and it was quite an amazing sight for the young cowherd boys and they were a little bewildered some of them were scared (gasps) it's a snake, it's a huge snake some of the other boys. No, it's just an ornament of this new place. We've just come here to, to Vrindavan and look, they have such such an amazing place. It's like a stone cave. It's, you know, young boys are like, are you sure? Oh, really? Oh, okay. Well, maybe you're right. I don't know though. There's some there's some smell coming out of that cave. Doesn't smell real good in there. And, a little warm. The older, that's okay, come on, it's it's fine. I mean, did you see the way Krishna dispatched Bakasura? What do we have to worry about even if it's not a stone cave? So they were having some discussion back and forth, trying to determine, is it, is it alive or is it dead, is it a demon or is it just some fantastic uh, uh, ornament to the local, uh, you know, A local forest scene and Argosaurus thinking if I can tempt these boys if I can get them in then not only will I kill them and not only will I kill Krishna the killer of my brother and sister I'll actually, I'll actually kill all the residents of Raj because when your children are dead you're as good as dead you have nothing more to live for I'll destroy the whole atmosphere. Now, of course, he was dispatched by Kamsa. So he had this order from his super demon. And he also had uh, that animosity uh, that was built up in him. He'd never enjoyed any in his life. His brother and sister had been killed and... uh, with that in his heart uh, he was determined to kill them all the young boys finally came to a decision whether it's a cave or not a cave if it's alive or not alive whether it's a cave or an, uh, an ornament of the environment or whatever Krishna's right over there, he'll take care of us let's go so they proceeded to go into the mouth of Agasura they're clapping their hands and blowing their bugles and all the calves are coming right behind them running behind oh, them, those the boys go let's go, where they go, I go they all entered the mouth of Agasura Krishna's standing there and he's seeing this and he knew he was thinking about it at the time because although he's, he's God, but he's not really fully aware of the fact that he's God in the fact that he's involved in the Leela of being a boy. Uh, he, he was thinking, I can't let my young associates go into the mouth of this demon. Uh, they could possibly die. And then they're, in, they're gone. They're there. They've gone in the mouth. So the, the great sages would read this and they'd say, wait. How does this work? This is God. He has shaktis. He has shaktis. Whatever he desires immediately manifests. Sankalpa. a sankalpa so he has this ability whatever is his intent is manifest so he didn't want them to go into the mouth of the demon the coward boys and the calves why didn't his Shakti work why didn't it stop them Mm -hmm. so Vishwanath explains that to us in his commentary Krishna's such a sankalpa shakti is of course fulfills all of his desires but the desire of his devotee is more powerful than his personal intent sankalpa he's more inclined to fulfill that. So, therefore, knowing this characteristic of Krishna, Krishna's Leela Shakti intervened and had the young boys go into the mouth of Agasura. As they say, Krishna is controlled by his devotees. So, the Leela Shakti harmonized both Krishna's Sankalpa and the boy's personal desire in experiencing this Krishna himself was struck with wonder well again this is a this is a manifestation of one of the one of the ecstatic symptoms this wonderment so Krishna was was struck with this these boys have entered this it's just like a straw throwing a straw into a fire what am i going to be what am i going to do so he was he was he was bewildered for a moment and then he contemplated it this is god thinking about what to do yes this is god's leela shakti and god is 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 he thinks what they did is quite wonderful he's bewildered by that wonder Of their going into the mouth of the demon and then he makes a determination of how he's going to resolve the situation. All this as a young child. Not quite five years old yet. So he determines to enter into the mouth of Agasura. And He determines that I will kill Agasura. I will suffocate him by expanding my body. So he begins to expand his body. And Agasura is like, okay, I'll expand my body. So Agasura expanded his body. But Krishna won the contest. Agasura could not breathe. He suffocated to death. His life airs. Could, the body was gone and the life heirs needed to depart. well Krishna was had completely covered the whole inside the, his, 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 any passage he could go through. Krishna was there. so Agasura finally burst out through the top of the demon's head. his soul came out. Um, what do we call that Brahma Rudra? is that the no uh, Brahma Rundra? it's the place right in the top of the head yogis sometimes depart from that area so Agasura went out from there so the demigods were like this is great that they immediately started to have a party. And the celestial dancers are dancing, and the demigods are, are jai, jai, and uh, the drummers, or celestial drummers are drumming, and the flowers are being mm-hmm. thrown from the heavenly planets on Krishna. And Krishna ex- exits the body of Agasura with his friends, and a great triumph mm-hmm. has now happened. The young boys have been saved... And they can now eat lunch. Now understand, this was all because they were playing too long, and the Leela Shakti was seeing that the young boys were, were neglecting. They were so wrapped up in their play, they were neglecting to take their prashadam. So <laughs> she had to do something, and Agasura was there, and she inspired him through Super Soul to this is a perfect time to kill Krishna and all his associates so now the boys are coming out and it's like okay that was now now they can sit down and eat Agasura generally we cannot see the soul when it leaves the body well in this instance the demigods were allowed to view the soul of Agasura as a bright light and that bright light Entered back into Krishna's body, so all the demigods thought, Ah, so this demon has got—he's uh, been liberated. He's entered into the body of Krishna, Swarupya Mukti. So that's quite amazing. So the party got so loud in the heavenly planets, it went all the way up to the to the top. Mahaloka, Jana Loka, and it even caught Brahma's attention. Mm. That not only caught Brahma's attention, mm-hmm. but this soul also that had just entered Krishna's body now exited Krishna's body, and is going to Vaikuntha. And Brahma's like, "Whoa, what's?" Not many people get liberated from the material. So here's a big party? What's what's the cause of all this commotion? I need to see what's going on. So Brahma becomes invisible and he comes down and he observes this little boy playing with his associates kind of looks like that boy that gave him a mantra a long time ago. No, 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 it couldn't be. If it is, well, he's kind of playing like a boy. Could never, never touch the mystic opulences I have. One thing we'll close with. It's amazing what, when Krishna personally comes and manifests pastimes or any of the when he comes and manifests his pastimes within the material realm, things that are normally never possible become easily possible. So when we look to Agasura, who has no not a trace of devotion, and we generally hear that you know, the demons they can they can they can enter into the effulgence of the supreme Lord, but they certainly are not going to become one of the associates of the Lord would get a form like his in Vaikuntha actually Agasura did. That's brought out at the end of this chapter of the Bhagavatam that he actually did uh, attain uh, a form. So uh, Swarupyamukti, same form as as, uh, the Lord in Vaikuntha but Vishwanath makes a point of reminding he did not enter into Vraj Bhakti but Krishna gave him liberation and he didn't just merge into Krishna's form because there's that special characteristic of Krishna's uh, Kripa Shakti when he personally manifests his pastimes. So I'll stop with that. There's some more details there but we'll catch them next time around. Thank you for your association. Hare you. Krishna.